Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On today's episode, we are talking about service. Um, I think there's a general agreement among Christians of all denominations, and even among non-Christians, atheists, agnostics, there's this general agreement that Christians have an obligation to serve. So even if we don't know the Bible, even if we don't know our faith very well, somehow we seem to have picked up that lesson. Christians are called to serve. So we are so blessed today to have with us in the studio four students from Bishop Watterson High School who are going to talk all about service, all about their service experiences and how it's helped form them and shape them and that sort of stuff. So uh, let me welcome Nate. Hello, Nate. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. And Caroline. Welcome, Caroline. Laura. Hello. Hello. And Brenna. Hello. Hello. Welcome to all of you. Thank you for being here. Um, can you recall, let's just start off kind of talking about your background in terms of how you were formed, how your hearts were formed for service. Can you recall how you first learned this? Like, as a Christian, I'm supposed to serve. Was there a specific event or someone who told you that? Or All right, Well, I think, you know, going back to my roots and you know, I'm thinking back, like my parents, of course, obviously kind of initiated that, you know, initial um, like urge to, like, to serve. And then in grade school, I got involved in uh, altar serving for St. Michael. And um, I think from there, it kind of just took off. I kind of, you know, over the years, just got more accustomed to serving people and it got, you know, felt more comfortable doing it. And I kind of realized, like, you know, this is what we're supposed to do as Catholics. And, you know, I've worked my way up now and I'm a I'm an MC at St. Michael. So um, I think kind of like looking back, it's really had like a pretty big impact on my life. And, you know, every Sunday I'm, I'm helping out and serving, you know, not just, you know, sitting through Mass. Um, I'm actually kind of like taking like part in the liturgy, and I think it's a really cool feeling. So was it your parents who first encouraged you to get involved <coughs> in that capacity, or was it your pastor? Or? Um, I think my parents, definitely. Okay. My parents are very, um, you know, faith-oriented, for mm-hmm. sure, and, you know, all throughout my family, my grandpa, um, he's very faith-oriented, and so I think it just, you know, got, getting passed down from generation to generation, it's just, and they passed it on to me, which I think is awesome. So for you, really it's shady. been a lot of example, a lot of forming from your family, and that's how that's how you knew. Oh, part of my life as a Christian is service to right. others. And they and they, my parents made that a very big, you know, like, big emphasis on my life. They always made sure, like you know, we got to get to mass, you know, just like stuff during school and helping us with you know the faith and helping us understand stuff. It's just a very you know beneficial part of my life. What about the rest of you? When did you figure out? Oh, I'm called to serve as a Christian. It's part. It's what we do. I don't think I was ever, um, my parents never told me that I had to serve from a young, the youngest age. I just remember seeing it. And of course, when you're little, you want to do what your parents do. And I have three older siblings. I wanted to do what they were doing. And I didn't just see my parents doing service, but I saw my parents loving it. And I was like, what is this thing that, you know, that they're loving that they do? Because I think to service you can do the wrong kind of service if you don't like like what you're doing 
I mean, of course, it doesn't always have to be fun, but you're not really serving people if you're miserably sitting through, you know, something that you hate. And I just saw my parents very wisely choose service opportunities that they were good at, so they benefited just as much as the people they were serving. So I just saw this very much symbiotic relationship, and I think I just grew up seeing that and them loving it, and I was intrigued. Brenna, how did you know that they loved it? Like, was did they say, oh, my gosh, we love this? Or could you just tell by their actions um, and their joy? And- I think you can just tell by their actions and their joy. And when you're doing something you're good at, too, uh, often you feel good about it. My dad is a physician, so he went to Haiti and um, did a medical mission there. And obviously he knows what he's doing with medicine. So when you n- know what you're doing, you usually like it better. Right. So you can just kind of see people feel confident in what they're doing and therefore so capable and so able to serve. And when you really feel like you did something, I think that's when you feel better. So I think just seeing their joy and seeing their, um, you know, light shine, that kind of thing. So other than the example of your parents and your families, have you throughout your life had what we'll call service requirements times when you have been yes. required <laughs> okay. there is unanimous agreement right now so um so what would be what would be some points in your life where you had a service requirements times when you had to serve well i think we, when we went to st bridget we had to get at least 25 hours to like graduate from, so to from get confirmed to get confirmed yeah oh, from st bridget okay yeah so and then i think it just continued on and obviously at waterson we had to do sophomore service um and I think that's the only... And for NHS, you have to have a certain amount of hours. Okay. But I love it being a requirement because I feel like if no one if no one forces you to do it, you won't get to like learn how great it is. Well, the, so that, um, Laura, sort of leads to my next question. Why? It, it really, it seems like everything we do has a service requirement attached to it. College applications, I'm sure you all have emphasized <laughs> your service as you're filling out, co- you know, people. that's what people are really looking for. Why Why is that? Why do you think that's such a significant factor in so many facets of life? Not even Christian factions, you know, just in general. Um, I just think it really plays to your character. And it's, it's really great when you see, <clears throat> sorry, it's really great when you see someone, like, like Brenna said, loving what they're doing and loving helping other people because it's just such a great opportunity to, like, serve other people that once people have a requirement to do it and once people learn how i mean it's not that hard but like you do kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into i think everything kind of like falls in place in your life because i know whenever i've done service like i can see myself helping others but also like helping myself so i think after doing service you feel more in touch with not only God, but yourself and the people and community around you. Yeah, you do learn so much about yourself, too, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laura, you so you mentioned sophomore service. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. That's why you're all here, because you have this common experience. It's a requirement, right, of all sophomores at Bishop Watterson? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me what you know about. Do you know, like, how long has this been going on? Oh, you do? Wow, yes. that's impressive. So it's it was started 32 years ago. <laughs> you know exactly yes. how long it's, 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 30, it's 32 I years totally old. I totally thought I was going to stump you on that one. Okay, no. go ahead. Um, it's 32 years old, and there are over 65 sites that um, 
so your sophomore year, I can explain it a little okay. bit. It's a service project. So your sophomore year, basically, you get this big, overwhelming packet that has a bunch of service opportunities throughout the city of Columbus, and there's over 65. But they're also pretty accommodating if you have one in mind. Sometimes you can do that. So um, if there's even more than 65. Your opportunities are pretty much endless. So you pick a site, and you do it for, um, I think you need 100 hours at the site. No. 18. Um, we'll edit that. If you, want, if, you want, if you want to do 100. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I think that? Because I definitely didn't do 100 River, times. Well, Riverside Hospital, oh. like where I went, you had to get. You have to. It depends on where you go. So you have to like meet a certain requirement. Like Riverside, you needed 100 hours to like that's fulfill what, what thinking, they yeah. wanted. So. That's oh, cool. okay. Yeah. So if you had, well, anyway, that's. Those are specifics. <laughs> Never yeah. mind. Okay. Yeah. So 18 hours at your site. Mm-hmm. Um, you can choose pretty much any site. I'm sure that if it's not on the list, you probably have to get it approved, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I can see some pretty creative. <laughs> yeah. Um, so other other than the 18 hours at the site, are there other requirements in addition to those hours? Like, do you have to write a paper? Do you have to do a presentation? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. After you you know do the project, you kind of have to do a little uh, like reflection. I guess I wouldn't say like paper. Like you're, you know like a like an essay or something it's just kind of like a reflection on what you did how you felt how you impacted in the community that you hoped served in um yeah just a, a small little thing to kind of reflect on on what you did if you're just joining us you're listening to raising saints on am 820 st gabriel catholic radio i'm katie wyatt we're here today with nate caroline laura and brenna and we're talking about service just as as christians this part of our lives how we um how we get involved, why we get involved, why it's part of who we are as Christians. Um, we're talking about the sophomore service project at Bishop, Bishop Watterson High School. Nate, you're a senior. Mm-hmm. Caroline, you're a senior. Mm-hmm. All seniors. You're all seniors. Okay, yep, so this yep. is a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. as best you can re- remember, uh, what were your projects? What did you choose? I, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> my voice is very off today. You're fine. Um, I chose buddy up for down syndrome tennis so it was um this really great little community that they i think it started i don't i don't think it started in columbus but um i actually don't know that for a fact so (laughs) Um, but it's a it's a great site that first of all like helps down syndrome people play tennis like learn how to play tennis um but it also helps children not only like not only the children affected with it but the parents and the siblings and just everyone around that community so they have like talks during the um actual when the kids are playing tennis and then um, oh for the families yeah for the families and then so the families can like meet up and they're all about they're all so generous and they're so caring and so loving and then down where the kids are playing tennis like there's huge tennis coaches that just kind of help the kids learn yeah. how to play and and then so were you a coach or were you a presenter no i was um i helped with actually like teaching the kids tennis i d- i don't play tennis personally <laughs> so i really wasn't that great at it Wait, why were you drawn to that well, if you don't play tennis i used to play tennis oh, when okay I was, like okay. i took so lessons it's not like you were so just it's like, not oh. it super <laughs> but no so i wasn't like the best coach but i was with little kids yeah so they so really, you were just having fun I, yeah and they were having so we fun. were just kind of hitting balls yeah. back and forth and um so you're just paired up with um a child and then you take them around to different exercises and different um, like 
drills and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So it was it was really rewarding. I had a lot of fun. It was more fun than service. Like, okay. It was just... Yeah, which often happens. Yeah. What about the re- so Laura? You were at Riverside. Yeah. Um, working with patients or well, there's a lot of different things that you can do when you volunteer at Riverside. You can discharge a patient, so you take them from their room out to their cars and stuff, or you can help escort families. You can make um. You can, if you're good at sewing or something, you could sew blankets for newborns. I mean, there's so many different options that you can do at Riverside. I just loved it because I met so many different people. And you did a lot of different things. Yes, you didn't I do was always around the hospital, like doing new things, learning a lot about the hospital. Which, like, I wanted to go into the medical field. Okay, so it was like kind of helping me yeah. in a way too. Um, but yeah, you just you're with people with in, important moments in their lives. Like I was with mothers with their newborn child, oh, wow. and you know older people who are leaving the hospital and stuff and trying to restart their life again after like a stroke or a heart attack. And you know it was really cool to listen to a lot of people's stories because they have a lot to say and they kind of overshare sometimes. But you know <laughs> it's cool to learn a lot yeah. about people and meet new people, and it gives me a lot of different perspectives on things. What about you, Brenna? What did you do for your sophomore service? Um, I was working at the nursery at St. Bridget during. Um, um, mass. So I was with all the little kids whose parents were um, <laughs> celebrating the mass. And so I was basically a babysitter and I loved it. <laughs> so it was just an hour. I would do the nine o'clock mass. There were usually like, like 10 kids um, or less. And um, anywhere from like six months to um, maybe like eight or younger than eight. Eight's first communion age. So maybe like six. Before, yeah. So, okay. yeah. It was very fun. And what about you, Nate? What did um, you do? So I did uh, therapeutic recreation down at the Whetstone Center off of High Street. So basically what that was is um, it was kind of like like a after-school program for uh, physically and mentally disabled kids. Um, so basically what I'd do is I'd, I'd, after school I'd walk over to the to the Whetstone Center and I, I'd go up. And it's just like a group of probably you know, 15, 20 kids just right after school. We did pretty much anything that they you know needed. We'd help them with homework, uh, helped them... You know, we just kind of like socialize with them. We'd take them for walks. We'd go play basketball, you know, physical activity, all this kind of stuff. And it was it was so much fun. And um, I, th- I personally loved it because um, I saw almost immediately like the impact I had on them. Um, you kind you walk into the room and they all kind of light up and yeah. rush over to you and see you and start talking to you. And um, I think it was just it was really cool. I had never had really an experience like that before, just kind of dealing with uh, these kids and um it definitely, you know, impacted my life for sure. Um, I because I love doing this and seeing how they, you know, I could help them with this, and it was, and that was an awesome experience. So let me ask you this: because I'm a youth minister, and for our confirmation, we have a service requirement, and a lot of times people will grumble at that, like, "Oh, why do we have to do service?" But th- the point of it is not just to impose a requirement, you know, make your life more difficult and give you something else. To, you know, mm-hmm. it's really to. F- Warm hearts for service. Um, and a lot of times kids will go into a service project grumbling and come out like you guys have all said. It was so awesome. I loved it. I got so much out of it. Um, so for you and for your peers, for the other students at Watterson who have done sophomore service, it, do you see that transformation? It be You know, kind of going in, maybe not quite so enthusiastic and coming out with a different attitude about... Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's very common, especially for kids who maybe don't get their first choice on what they wanted to do for service or just kind of nonchalantly put down an option because that does happen. People are kind of like, I don't know. I'll just pick this one. And then like the transformations are amazing Mm because people are just like, oh, my gosh, I loved it. I looked forward to it. 
like so yeah there's lots of really cool transformations i haven't heard any bad stories i don't know about yeah, you guys but everyone just had really good experiences and the the range is huge <coughs> i mean you can everyone was doing something different so it was really cool mm-hmm. so have you all continued in some sort of service after your sophomore service project at the same place or different places I wasn't able to go back to my place because the timing, it didn't really work up, which I'm really disappointed about, and I would love to start doing that again. Um, But I started at Riverside for a little bit with Laura, um, and then I found this really great camp called Camp Quality. Um, It's a camp for kids with pediatric cancer. So it's a week during summer with, um, there's different activities year-round, but the main camp is a week during the summer. And um, it's <laughs> it's just this really amazing camp where these kids can go with their siblings, like their siblings can come to, and you all have a companion, which is what I was. So I was like just a specific, I was with a specific person. And so you just kind of take them around to all the different activities for a whole week. It's a sleepover camp. It was, it was one of the greatest experiences. Did you do that, Caroline, because you were like, oh, my gosh, I loved what I did with the tennis program. I want to continue to do something. That was definitely a factor. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about going into nursing. Um, so I really wanted to see a different side of, like, not just, like, the hospital. Like, I right. wanted to see the different side of um, patient care yes. that isn't directly associated with hospitals okay so i really i really just wanted to see like how joy and love and all these different non-medical like choices can help a patient grow wow what about the rest of you did you have you continued in different well laura and i just got back from nicaragua well not just got back we went in the summer but we went to nicaragua with the school um for a service trip they were like how many kids? 15? 16, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we went to a school and did construction work around the school and taught in the school. So Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the best experiences ever because, like, we were there to do construction and it kind of seems like, well, what really good are you doing? Like, I was digging a tree out of the ground. Like, that doesn't seem like the most exciting thing in the world. But to see the kids there, like, we were kind of inspiring to them and we they wanted to, like, interact with us and we could help them. We brought them markers and stuff for their classrooms and later that day they'd be using it like they were really excited to receive those kind of things so i mean we should specify that we were supposed to do construction work and everyone (laughs) everyone did i just it wasn't really my style so i didn't do the construction work but i was in the school every day so i got to go around and um teach and sit in the classroom and talk to them i don't speak spanish but the kids were so good with yeah. speaking English, and the teachers were so grateful for me to go in there. So it was funny. Laura and I pretty much have two different experiences because she was yeah. out sweating in the sun, and little kids would <laughs> little kids would come over to her and say, "Hi, what are you doing?" And, and she's hang digging on her shovel. Yes, yeah. she's trying. Yeah. To she has back. an axe in her hand, and we're like, "Okay, maybe step a few feet back." And I was in in the school. So very and different, the amazing but we loved it. thing about going somewhere like to a third world country or a second world country is. Our perspective on what poverty is shifts dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, they're happy. Like, obviously, you know, I bet they wish their conditions were better, but they are happy. We went into, like, a mud hut, and the people there were like, welcome, like, come into our house. Mm -hmm. Like, we're welcome to have you. And, like, if we have, like, something on the ground, we're like, oh, my God, we can't have visitors. Don't come in my house. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it's really interesting how that differs. 
What about you, Nate? Um, so I think my community service, um, I didn't continue the same spot, but I think um, when it came time to get a, a job in the you know the real world, I, I chose to become a, a soccer coach um, to help little kids learn how to play you know not learn how to play soccer, but to develop you know those like you know interpersonal skills with other people. And so um, I think definitely looking back, um, my community service and you know service to the community definitely had um, an impact on the job that I chose. Um, yeah, like and, what you want to do, how you want to reach other people. Right, yeah. and then um, you know even. Going off of that, I want to be a, a physical therapist when I get older, and I think definitely that you know played a big role in, mm-hmm. in choosing my career. Side note and topic for another <laughs> uh, what's this called episode <laughs> is that uh, coaches I think are the most influential people in kids' lives I right agree now. With I that. really yeah. do. So good for you mm-hmm. <laughs> for doing that. I'm sure that you will. Do I'm sure you are an awesome coach. Um, I want to quote uh, Lumen Gentium, which was an encyclical written by Pope Paul VI. Quote, since they, meaning the laity, meaning us, right, <laughs> are tightly bound up in all kinds of temporal affairs, it is their special task to order and to throw light upon these affairs in such a way that they may come into being and then continually increase according to Christ to praise the Creator and the Redeemer that's a lot of words, so I'll just <laughs> simplify it. You almost always have to simplify the things the popes say, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lumen gentium for dummies. <laughs> Here you go. Anyway, the quote reminded me when I read it that no matter what I'm doing, I'm called to throw light into the mm-hmm. world. Um, I like that. Yeah, even if I the do. task isn't specifically a Jesus-y task, yeah. right? It's just, it's about throwing light and glorifying him in everything we do and letting everything point to him. So something I've noticed when I'm serving is that if I'm throwing light, uh, I'm glorifying God. If I'm not even speaking his name, if I'm not even, you know, evangelizing specifically, it's all about. So I didn't know if you, if you, experience that at all in your sophomore service or in any service you've done where people are in Nicaragua, you know, although those people are way better at throwing light than we are. Right. I, I say they yeah. threw light on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how much light I threw. <laughs> but did, I mean, did. was there any, was there anyone in particular that stands out like at the hospital or mm-hmm. who, who specifically said to you, thank you for what you're doing. You've made a difference in my life. I'm so glad you were here. Can you remember any specific instances of that i i mean i um did one of my other service activities was um, miracle league which is a you play baseball with kids who have different special needs and my buddy that i had for like five years was named joe and he had down syndrome and he was really shy he didn't want to he was really bad with like motor activities and stuff like that so playing baseball was very hard for him and over the years, you know, he's gotten better. He's gotten more social. And I know his parents are really, like, I didn't really contribute that much. I just kind of helped him and, you know, tried to cheer him on and stuff. But I guess I had more of an impact because, I mean, I guess he's becoming more social. He has more friends. He loves playing sports now. Like, he's become a whole new person. And I think that, like, really sticks out to me. And you know what? Even if it wasn't, if he doesn't point, if his family doesn't right. point, especially yeah. to you, right. I mean, clearly you were yeah. part of that journey. And, right. I yeah. mean, they thanked me, but I think it was just Miracle League in general. I mean, yeah. it's just, they try to help those kids as much as they can. Anybody else? Have you had a specific interaction with one of your kids or clients or somebody in your 
service world that we definitely had that a lot in Nicaragua. They were so grateful and so gracious. Um, there was one woman who came with us to school every day, and she worked. So we went with a group called International Samaritan, and this woman worked for International Samaritan as a volunteer, a full-time volunteer, but um, she herself was living in poverty. She was Nicaraguan. Her name was Argentina. We loved Argentina. And she, so she would come and bring us lunch every day that women in the community would make, and um, pop, and she would take the pop home, our empty, like our our half drink pop, pop pop cans, and take them home to her family, to her son. And she sobbed when we left, and she loved. Oh my gosh, she was the sweetest she was woman. Going, she would come in like singing. She like, would we sing. Knew when so she was she would, she would wear blue yeah. eyeliner. Yeah. She she yeah. was so fun. We loved her. I love the blue eyeliner. Oh she was so fun. <laughs> she was just cool. <laughs> and. Um, she when I remember when we left, she was the hardest person to say goodbye to, yeah. and she was so grateful and so. You could tell she just had so much light in her, but you could tell she was so happy that we had been there. So, so I'm sure there are parents listening who are. I mean, you you guys speak so eloquently and so joyfully about serving others, and I know there are parents who are thinking, why don't. Doesn't my kid do that, right? So I don't know. Do you have any advice for parents to just encourage their kids to? To give more generously, to love more selflessly. Well, I mean, well, like I said, my parents, um, I think, were like probably the sole reason that I got involved in service, and you know, probably like shaped me to who I am today. So, I guess my advice would be just to um, not to like to force them into things, but really kind of like push them and encourage them to start helping out in the community. Because for me, like I said, has had a huge impact on my life, and I probably I wouldn't be who I am today without service and my parents pushing me to you know that greater cause. So, yeah, definitely try to encourage your kids to, to Just do service. Just find what you like. Yeah, give them options because, like, as all of us, we had all different things. Yeah. So I think, like, yeah. if you just show them, you don't have to spend, like, 100 hours at a hospital. You can do anything, like, an hour on a weekend, and that really makes a difference. And I would definitely say leading by example. Yeah. Because my dad, everywhere I go, he knows someone, and that's the thing that, like, resonates with me so much is that, one person can know so many and make an impact on so many that like that's how I want to be like I want to go anywhere and find someone I know and just be like hey what's up how yeah. you doing and that's that's how I want to live my life so definitely learning from my father was lady the by example biggest. well on that note Nate and Caroline and Laura and Brenna I want to thank you for being here sharing your experiences of service. Let's close in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Lord, help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to bring your love, your joy to everyone we meet, to share our gifts abundantly and freely. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, son.